Yo, what's up, everybody? So the next podcast is going to be interesting. I got problems at immigration. You know, I got, uh, I met a, the homeless guy. I'm going to elaborate on that. You know, talked about UFC 269. So a lot of stuff, you know, within the last two weeks. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, don't miss it, man. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Yamato Damashi podcast. My name is James, and of course, we're joined by Ensign. And uh, Ensign, we thought, you know what, you've had a kind of a crazy couple of weeks coming back from Hawaii. So we thought we'd just kind of talk through some of the highlights and different shit that's been going on. So I think the one thing that sort of blew up a bit on social media was um, your whole time with Cloud. Like, I don't know, maybe just for anyone that missed it, but what was the situation that you kind of put the video out there? But um, yeah, but I think people don't really know sort of what happened after after you guys sort of met. Well, 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 it's good to talk about it because the video pretty just shows what happened. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell what I felt, why I did what I did. You know, it didn't. It didn't. Um, I wasn't able to elaborate on any of it, so it's a good time to do it. Yeah. Well, I was actually closed. My shop was closed. My shop closed on September thirtieth. I think it was December second. And he walked in and. He was obviously homeless because he had a big bag with stuff in it. His mm-hmm. shirt was all his clothes was very dirty. He didn't smell, but his clothes was dirty. So right there, I, I had I had oh shit, this guy's freaking homeless. And so for me, um, like a, a year ago, I had a guy actually come in, and these homeless people, what they do in Hawaii is they'll 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 go through all the open doors. They'll wander chirping because my shop, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no sign outside. You don't even know. You walk up the staircase and in, the, in a little, little lettering, there's destiny forever. Mm-hmm. That's it. So unless you're wandering around or unless you know the shop already, you're not going to, it's not like you walking by the street and you see the shop and say, well, what's that? I will check it out. So what happened a year ago is when uh, one of the um, homeless guys, they wandered into the building. They wander in looking for things to steal. Mm. So, you know, my my office, we have uh, two accountants. We have a vape shop that the door is always locked. And we have a little um, progression, um, educational, like a tutoring room. And I'm the last shop in the back. So what happened a year ago is a homeless guy wandered in and, you know, I kind of right off the bat knew he was homeless too because he was he was dirty, and he had no mask on. And and I right now because of the pandemic, my my shop goes by appointments only. Mm-hmm. And right there, I had nobody coming in for appointment. So the guy walked in. My long story short, he I made him put on a mask. He eventually tried to steal the money clip from me. Ironically, a homeless guy that has no money trying to steal a money clip. <laughs> Super ironic, but. Yeah, I I caught him trying to steal the money clip and actually uh, didn't touch him. I decided to just uh, kick him out of the shop, mm-hmm. and I, I escorted him out of the building. As soon as he got out of the building, he ran down the stairs, turned around, and said, "I'm going to come and cut you up." No. You know, so my whole thing was like this: freaking homeless guy came in, 
try to steal shit from me, comes back and threatens me. I'm like, bad feeling, you know, bad feeling. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah, fed yeah. homeless. I've helped homelesses out. But, you know, there's another section of homeless people. I mean, not a section. There's another type that, you know, just looking for trouble. So yeah. when when Cloud walked in, my whole thing was, okay, my shop's closed. I keep the door open, but my shop's closed. He mm-hmm. walks in, he's homeless. I'm like, oh, God, here's another one. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to be as nice as I can. And I'm trying to tell him, hey, do you have an appointment? I'm actually closed. My store is actually closed. Do you have an appointment? And he's like, oh, no. I said, well, you know what? I'm actually closed right now. I'm closed for business. And he just stands there. And I'm so I'm thinking, okay, this, just to make sure, I asked him, how did you hear about me? And and what he said, when he, the way he answered that kind of blew me away because he said, oh, Ensign, I know you. I'm like, well, so I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's, let's backpedal a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I confirmed. I said, hey, so you're not a homeless guy just randomly wandering into my shop. He goes, no. He said, I came to say talk to you. And I was like, you know that you caught me by a couple of days because I'm leaving soon? He goes, I know. I know. That's why I came today. I think, well, actually, I think it was the third. Because I told him I leave tomorrow. He goes, I know. That's why I came to see you. Right. And for me, you know, the, the demeanor changed. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. He's a homeless guy, but he's not here for bad intentions. He wanted to meet me. He came to say hi. And, you know, for me, you know, he, he even, he stood there and he, he talked and said stuff like, you know, um, I love Yamato Damashi. We talked about homelessness. We talked about, uh, I kind of know how he feels because uh, I've done the pilgrimage where I stepped outside, yeah. you know, so we kind of touch bases like that. And, you know, because he liked Yamato Damashi so much, the real reason why I wrote a book wasn't to make money. It was to spread the word of Yamato Damashi. So mm-hmm. when I found that he was someone that really liked, appreciated the word Yamato Damashi, I decided to give him a signed book. So got up mm. i mean if you saw there's a video of it i got up i uh, signed his i signed the book to him and and gave the book to him and he was pretty much blown away just by that and mm. i don't know just instinctively i um i just uh thought you know hey maybe you know thanksgiving just ended you know maybe he could go out and have a good meal so i put out a hundred dollar bill and gave him the hundred dollar bill and said, "Hey, go get some food." And I remember you can hear him on the video saying, "Damn!" He was just blown away, and I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like sit there and puff my chest or anything. So I kind of pretty much just mm. said, "Okay, go get some food. Take care of yourself, man. See when I come back, mm. come check me out." And I mm-hmm. kind of turned away and walked away. He left the room. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Um, you know, he's homeless. I don't know. I don't know the reason why he's homeless. I didn't know the reason why he was homeless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The fact that he's in an unfortunate situation. You know, if I can, uh, you know, Thanksgiving was is a huge holiday in America. And it's, uh, you know, giving thanks to a lot of things. You know, I mean, sometimes you think that it's, the indigenous people, the, the, the pilgrims came in and took over the land and stole the land from the, the Hawaiians, you know. So, you know, some... It's not a really a day of celebration, but it's right. actually moved to a day of thanks. Not not a lot of the Americans now don't remember that. Right. And they're saying thanks for their 
like when when my family has a Thanksgiving party, we pass around a light a candle, we pass around a candle, and everyone just says a, a short sentence on what they're thankful for. Oh, that's cool. So it's just more of a day of giving thanks to things that you appreciate and you're grateful yeah. for. Yeah. So for me, I felt, you know, Thanksgiving, I asked him what he did on Thanksgiving. He said, nothing. I said, oh, it's just another day for you. Huh? I told him, he goes, yeah. Yeah. And I said, oh, you know, here. So I give him the money. I said, get something good to eat. Man. And we parted ways. So that's where I made that video and I put it up on uh, the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to have a lot of interest. What I didn't realize what the ne next day before I flew out, I I reached out to him because he's on he's actually on uh, Instagram. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't tag him in that post on Instagram because I didn't know if he his yeah, family yeah. knew he was homeless, you know. So I I just left that out. But yeah, it was a good way to keep in touch with him because he gave, he told me he's on Instagram. I got mm -hmm. his name, everything. So I I, I messaged him on Instagram and I just felt that you know. Maybe I can take him out to eat. You know, maybe before I leave, I can take him out to eat. Get mm -hmm. him, give him a good meal, fill his tummy, you know. And because you know, I gave him a hundred bucks, you know, how long is that gonna last? And you know, mm -hmm. I'll make sure I want to make sure he gets something to go to eat. So I, I asked message him, I asked him, you know, how uh what's his favorite food? And he said he loves to eat sushi. So I told him, okay, tomorrow at lunch at 12 o'clock. We come to my shop, we'll meet, and we'll go to get sushi. And so nice. that's what we did. And I posted it on Instagram. And when we went to get sushi, uh, he was really dirty. Huh? So when we're walking around the mall to go get sushi, you know, it's funny because I told him, I don't know if we can get sushi because you need to be vaccinated. He's vaccinated. He had a vaccine. Oh, he is. So he had a oh. vaccinated. Yeah. So it's okay. Perfect. Yeah. Walking around and you know, we go into the restaurant to make a reservation, and the kind of the girl kind of looks at him, like looks at me, like whoa. She ignores it, gives us a reservation, says, "Come back in thirty minutes." Okay, fine. And I'm like, "Okay, dude, we got to get you some new threads, man." Yeah. <laughs> people say people do look homeless. People looking at you funny. Let's get some new threads. You want some new clothes? He goes, "Oh, I love new clothes." So we walk in that mall. There was no really you know cheap clothes places. There was only like a a golf shop, right? A golf okay. shirts to run like started started like eighty bucks. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, so we go to a golf shop and then I look at it. I said, "Ah, shit! These are shitty shirts, all like polo shirts and weird shirts." And I said, "You see any shirt you like?" He walks up to this uh, real bright Aloha shirt. I'm like, "Whoa, you want that?" He goes, "Oh, I've always wanted a real authentic Aloha shirt." I'm like. Find your size, man. Try it on. So we went into the yeah, back, got a pants, got a shirt, had him try it on. It fit. And because I didn't want him to, we had nowhere to change. And I didn't mm -hmm. want him to come back on his dirty clothes. So I give him a bag to put his dirty clothes in. I said, just wear that out. I'll talk to the clerk. So he mm -hmm. wore it out. We went to the clerk. We had to take off those, those sensor tags that they have for people not to steal them. Mm -hmm. Took those off. I paid the whole thing. And he was... I, I I I mean I kept a couple of times when we were walking to the restaurant. I looked back. I said, "Damn, you look good, man!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was super happy in his thread, new threads, you know. So yeah. that's what uh, uh, you saw. In, uh, you saw the um, the yeah, lunch and the, took him to eat sushi. He, he pounded that sushi, man. So yeah, it made me really bet, happy man. to see him enjoying himself. Yeah, it was so cool, man. It just uh, 
you know when you're scrolling through social media and you see people moaning and complaining about stuff just you know to come across something like positive like that it was like okay mate felt me feel motivated to like go and be a better person do you know do some good in the world so uh, i think a lot of people felt the same so it was nice to see yeah yeah you, you know you know how they say is uh when you do something good you start a ripple yeah and you know when you throw a pond a uh, pebble into a pond and it starts to ripple the ripple goes across the whole pond yeah mm-hmm. and I, I i got a message from a from a friend that lives in japan and it's it's, it's ironic her name is destiny right but okay. she messaged me and she told me this long story about there's a homeless guy she saw at the at the station mm-hmm. that was like sitting on his knees in the cold on concrete and how she, you know, she, you know, she, she was hesitant because some, you know, some of the homeless people have psychological problems and get violent. You know, some of them are mm-hmm. real cold and ignore you. So mm-hmm. she, you know, she just felt this urge to just talk to him. She talked to him. The guy was hungry. And she, she said that she just, she just remembered, um, cloud. Yeah. 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 And she, she even, she even, she's the one who actually reminded me about the ripple. Yeah. She said, you know, created a ripple and it spread on to me yeah and she thanked me for doing that and you know when i saw that it's like it's like holy shit it's so nice to see that you know i didn't do that to try and create a inspiration for people i didn't do it to try yeah. to tell people to do stuff it's just something that i did that i wanted to share and yeah. suddenly went and and continue you know the ripple isn't anything if it's not continued mm-hmm and she helped make the con- continue to ripple across the pond. And, you know, yeah. hopefully there's more people that actually saw that post and went out and helped people that are less fortunate than them. So, yeah, I love definitely. That, man. I love that ripple effect, man. Yeah. If, if anyone did, put it in the comments or, you know, send it to you. Like, just because it'd be cool to. Yeah. Nice to hear, man. Yeah. 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 Definitely. But, um, what about coming back? Coming back to Japan? Obviously, with COVID now, restrictions. How was uh how was the flight home and uh interactions with the airport? Well the flight home was super nice because um Delta not not flying direct flights anymore. <laughs> so it was unfortunate <laughs> because instead of going home in an eight hour flight, I gotta go to a six hour flight to Seattle, have a four hour layover, and have a ten hour flight to Haneda to, to Tokyo. Wow. So unfortunate as that is, it actually turned out to be very fortunate for me. Because when um, three days before my flight, Hawaii had a um, a case of that new variant. What's that called? O- Omi- Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. Omicron. Yeah. So <laughs> I had a new names, case of the, the Omicron. Yeah. Yeah. And what I understood was that Hawaii was put on a list of uh, of hot areas that. Usually, what okay, so what happened was before that Omicron became around, mm-hmm. the, the quarantine was 14 days. Mm-hmm. Because Japan's numbers are going so low and Hawaii's numbers are low, what happened mm-hmm. with the, um, the, you know, the quarantine, if you're vaccinated, it came to 10 days. So when Shoshi came back on, in October, he only had 10 days. Mm-hmm. So before the in, in end of November, before I was, you know, the week before I was getting ready, before the Omicron uh, variant was um, had a case in Hawaii, before the case, 
it was like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. Is it 10 days or is it three days now? So like, okay, maybe I only got three days, but if not 10 days is cool too. And then two days before I take off, the prime minister of Japan comes on and says, we're no longer allowing any more foreigners into the country. Mm-hmm. And what people, what you guys, people watching this podcast need to understand, there's there's levels of severity. So the first level one severity is them closing off all the borders to any foreigners, regardless of your status. Only Japanese people can go in and out. Okay, that's level. That's the most severe one. The second, the second status, which isn't as severe. The next level is where they allow returning residents like me, mm-hmm. but you can't have a visa. Even if you get a visa and try to come in for your first time, they won't allow you. You're locked out. Mm-hmm. The third, where it moves and gets a little better, is where they're allowing people with visas to come in. So not only Japanese, returning residents, and new visa holders can come in. And that's what it was at when I went to Hawaii. So I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's slowly getting better. So the next step is letting in tourists. And there's no yeah. quarantine. So not that's even. what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. So when the Omicron came, what they did was they jumped back to the second level. But the prime minister didn't didn't explain that. All he said was closing off the borders to foreigners. So I'm like, holy shit, better find out. So I went on the internet and found out that, no, it's still open to returning residents. But Mm -hmm. New York, Florida, Texas, uh, Hawaii... One of the all the countries that had the Omicron variant was on a list that you need to quarantine for three days in a government hotel. So I wasn't going to be able to go home and quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing is, I arrived in Japan on the sixth for Hawaii. Anybody coming in from Hawaii after the fifth. So I missed mm-hmm. it by one day. So I'm like, oh, shit, there's got to be a way around this, man. I've been thinking to myself, I get all these ideas going through my head. Like, how do they know I came from Hawaii when I'm actually coming from Seattle? Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, there might be a loophole. So on the plane, there was a little questionnaire saying, where have you been in the last 14 days? If I didn't read properly, if I was a dummy, you know, you know, sometimes my student, like, you know, some dumb guys I know will make that mistake. So I played dumb and I just mm-hmm. wrote, oh, the last place I'm, I'm I'm leaving to go to Japan is Seattle. So I put down Seattle. Yeah. I omitted Hawaii. The only problem is my my PCR test was from Hawaii. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Somebody catch that. They'll know I was in Hawaii within 14 days because it was mm-hmm. three days before. So I'm like, okay. Get into the first checkpoint. I mean, it's crazy because there's like, six checkpoints and they check all your shit six times fucking hell so, so I'm like, god so somebody's gonna probably you know i already had it in my heart that i'm probably gonna have a three-day quarantine in a hotel so cool i had some right. un- extra underwear you know i had some snacks just in case you know so yeah i went in the first checkpoint they was oh where'd you come from so i'm like okay i came from seattle i'm, I'm not lying i came from seattle boom next two checkpoints seattle Yes, Seattle. Yes, the first, the third, the second to the last checkpoint. They tell me, "Oh, you came from Seattle." I'm like, "Yeah, I came from Seattle." <laughs> they didn't ask me where'd you come from. They asked me, "You, 
you were you didn't say where did you originate they said where you come from yeah, yeah. Seattle. Just then true. the last checkpoint she said oh seattle it's okay seattle and she put a little circle on it that i didn't have to quarantine right so i'm like okay when do i when i'm gonna when am i gonna be able to let my guard down to know that i i avoided that quarantine so i'm going okay we'll go to immigration okay immigration pass immigration okay customs okay i'm done i'm out yeah message sarah said sarah get over here pick me up i did it i'm not going into quarantine so i'm going over there and going to customs and you know i i know i have cbd i know cbd is a little bit sketchy on the on the list of uh things that you can bring into the country uh, my cbd is a uh, from this company called Blue Label. They make one of the best, and their CBD has no THC in it. There's no detection of THC okay. if you take a test. So legally, there's no THC I can bring it in. So I went to the immigration and just, you know, it's funny because whenever you have women agents, they're usually a lot more stiff, you know, so they're, they're, they check your shit more. They, they get a little right. more nitty gritty, something about women. So there's a lady and a guy and I'm like, the lady's like waving me over to her stand. And I'm like, the guy's open too. So I'm like, fuck that. That lady's going to give me shit. So I said, ah, forget. I went to the guy. First thing the guy says is, oh, can I see a bag? I'm like, oh, okay. No big deal. So I open my bag. Bam. He checks it like a freaking hound dog. <laughs> Finds the two bottles of CBD. Right. So when he the CBD is wrapped around with tissue, so it's padded, so it doesn't break. Mm -hmm. And he's asking me, "What is this?" And I'm and it's going through my head. Should I tell him it's aroma oil? I think, well, but if I tell him it's aroma and he opens up, it says CBD on the packet. Oh, what yeah. am I going to do? And I'm thinking all this thing, and I say, "Ah, if I just be honest, I said CBD." Yeah, I said, but there's no THC content, so it's legal in Japan. He yeah. goes, "Oh, okay. You have any more?" I said, "No, I did have more. They found it later, but." <laughs> So I go in and then he he puts a close the CBD on the side and he goes, yeah. Now we have to go to another room. I said, Oh God, you serious? I said, Yeah, we'll check all your luggage now. I'm like, okay, let me call Sarah. Let me call my wife. Let, let her know that I'm gonna be late because she's gonna pick yeah. me up. No, don't touch your phone. You can't oh. touch your phone, no calls. I'm like, whoa, chill out, bro. I'm you're acting like I'm a criminal, I'm being arrested. He yeah. said, You can call after. I'm like, okay. But not too long after, because I have to let her know because she's going to worry, and it's not good for her to worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, okay, takes me to another room. Puts more agents come in, three agents come in. They put all my luggage, my backpack, my my strap bag, my waist pouch, everything onto on the counter. They're searching every little pocket. Right. So they end up pulling out six bottles of oh wait five bottles of CBD. Right. Um. Two bottles of CBD cream now. It's a lotion that you put on I put on my knee because my knee hurts. Yeah. They put out a fucking vial of turmeric for my dogs. <laughs> it says vet. It's an oil, so it says it's vet. I said, yeah. this is my dogs. I said, don't take this. This is for yeah. my dogs. This is veterinary. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to test it. I'm like, you got to be fucking joking. Guess right. what else they pull out? I had some uh, ibuprofen. Painkiller. Yeah, okay. yeah right. and the dentist, they give you strong painkillers. Yeah. I had it in the bag with the dentist's name, everything on it. 
they put that on the side. Oh, and my you know, God. you know, whenever my students get um cauliflower ears, we gotta drain the ears, yeah. Yeah. So I had some syringes so I can drain the ears. They put that on the side too. <laughs> so I'm sitting there looking at them and saying, okay, you guys, the bottle says no THC. They said, no, we have to test because it might not be true. I'm like, then why aren't you testing everything in my bag then? Because whatever's written or whatever, it's not true, right? Don't yeah. you go on what's what it's labeled? They say, well, we got to test this. I'm like, I said, what about this? I said, you guys know English veterinary. Veterinary. This is for my dogs. They said, you're going to take this too? That we got to test it. I'm like, whoa. And even the cream, they said, anything CBD, they told me. I'm like, the dogs will not CBD, but it's some kind of oil. I'm like, oh, God, you guys are freaking ridiculous. So then I jumped on their ass. I said, um, I said, uh, what's up with the painkillers and the syringes? I said, syringes aren't illegal. I said, mm -hmm. what, are you trying to say that I do drugs or something? Mm -hmm. Did you find drugs in my bag? They said, no. I said, well, is there drugs hidden in the syringes? He said, no. I said, do you have to test the syringes? I said, no. I said, well, give me back my fucking syringes. Yeah. And I said, the freaking, the painkillers, give me back that too. And they kind of looked at each other and they put it back in my luggage. Right. Yeah. And then it was, it's just like uh, the whole process was, ridiculous. They, they told me I couldn't make a phone call. Even at the back room, it was like an hour and a half went by. So I was already at the airport waiting for me. Yeah. So I just straight up told the guy, you know what? I said, I don't want my wife to worry. You guys going to um, tell me I can't use a phone call. I'm not a criminal. I'll put it on speakerphone. I'm not going to say any secrets or anything. I'm not going to tell her to hide anything. I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to make my call. And the guy, the head guy goes, no, you can't make your call. And, and for me, it was like, it was ridiculous. Mm. So I straight up told him, you know what? Fuck you. I'll make my call right now. I'll put it on speaker so I'm not hiding everything. If you guys want to stop me, physically stop me because I don't want my wife to worry. Mm -hmm. Made the call right in front of them, speaker phone. They all stood there and looked at me. And I just talked. And I told, I told, I told Sarah, man, I told Sarah straight up, these fucking idiots in front of me is confiscating my shit. Told me I couldn't call you. <laughs> so I was saying it right in front of them. They, they understood English too, yeah? So I said, right, I just right, wanted right. to let you know that I'm going to be late, so don't worry. So just wait. I'll be out. And okay. I cut the phone, and those guys looked at me, and they, they, they didn't say anything. Yeah. And they told me, don't touch. I wanted to text people, you know, to text, you know, Sarah, let her know, yeah. okay, doing this. They won't let me text. They told me I can't touch my phone, so I'm, I'm, I'm right there thinking to myself, yeah, fuck yeah, watch this. I'm going to get fucking pictures of you guys. <laughs> so pictures is a total no-no. Pictures are, yeah. I mean, you don't even want me texting what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had this app on my phone that didn't, you know, shutter. In Japan phones, they don't have any, you can't, don't, there's no mode that shuts off the shutter sound. Right. You need a shutter sound. So I had this uh, app that um, actually uh, allows me to take pictures without noise. Right. It's called this one, the Capera, Capera app. This one right here. And I just okay. pushed that. I just pushed that app. I got yeah. my camera on. And check this out. <laughs> oh, okay. So that made noise, right? So I turn off my volume yeah. and right here. No noise. So That's I'm right here just yeah. holding my phone in my hand. And when them two stupid idiots are looking down, 
I'm going to show you right here. Boom. First picture. Boom. Second picture. Hold my phone in my hand. Another picture. And you all, you guys will all see this popping up on this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so. So how long were you there? Long for? story short. Like, like in total. I asked, him like... if I'm, I asked him if I'm getting arrested. They said no. Yeah. We're not just not allowing you to bring your shit in. And then they said they're going to call me in a couple of days to let me know what the test results were. All right. Okay. Got a call from them two days ago. Yeah. And I asked them, was there any THC detected? They said, no. I said, well, give me my shit back. They said, oh, we can't do that. Oh, you're lying. CBD is considered a, a, a medical product. So in order to let it in, we need to have proof of how it's made from the company. Like pictures of the production, proof yeah. of how you made it, proof that there's no THC. I'm like, you guys did the test. There's no THC. They said, no. Well, you need to do it properly. Okay. Yeah, they'll send it to me, but it's going to be COD. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then they they told me that okay, um, so um, we're going to have to uh, look into this more to find. I said I need it. I want it back. I said send it back to Hawaii. Then. You stopped it coming in from the country without the proper paperwork. Can it come in the country? Okay, fine. I agree. I won't have it in the country. Send it back. Yeah. The guys told me, um, when are you going back to Hawaii? So I said, I'm going back in February. They said, give me the date, the flight number, everything. I said, okay. I said, what happens then? They said, when you come, we'll give it back to you, take back home. It's like, oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Because yeah. it was about a thousand dollars worth of stuff. And yeah. the thing about the things, you know, I, I, I emphasize to them that it was for my pain, it helps with my pain. Mm-hmm. But the biggest reason why I brought it in is I have two, three dear friends here in Japan, one in Kyoto, one in Chiba, and one in Tokyo, that they're they have cancer. And CBD helps with cancer. And yeah. one of the guys that has a karate guy, his cancer numbers are dropping because of the CBD. Wow. The lady in Kyoto, she said the nausea from the chemotherapy. Is nothing has she has no nausea or if she takes a CBD. So for me, they, you know, I've, I've given them like three bottles already, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm out. I don't have any more bottles at home. So this bottles, I mean, I brought them five. I was gonna send two to each of them. I mean, I was send one to the the new girl that has it in Tokyo. I was gonna send two to the karate guy, one to the lady. So I had one bottle for myself. Mm-hmm. So one bottle was for myself. Oh, for me and Sarah to share. So yeah. for me, the, the biggest thing was, man, bringing it back for them. Yeah. And so when they said, I, you know, they're going to give it back to us, okay, I'll go home and I'll figure out a way to send it somehow, get it, because I've got them into Japan before. So I, I figured, okay, I got to figure that out. And um, the first feeling I had when I left the airport without it, I messaged all three of them saying that I'm super sorry, man. I, I couldn't get it in, man. Mm. And they're yeah. super cool. They're like, I hope you didn't get in trouble. I said, no, everything's cool. But I was really looking forward to getting this new bottle because this new bottle was a little stronger than the ones I gave them. So it would have been even mm-hmm. better for them. So the funny thing is I get that call thing. Okay, now there's, you know, at least I didn't lose out on it. I got a call yesterday mm-hmm. again from them. And I'm thinking, oh, no, why right. are they calling me now? 
and they tell me that oh you know we called you and we told you that um we'll give it back to you well mm -hmm. we can't give it back to you <laughs> and i'm like what i said you guys just told me that yesterday yeah, that was a mistake they said we can't give it back to you and i told them why i said it's legal in the states just send it back where it's legal they said no you can't we can't let this type of illegal product in japan out of the country and i'm like wait a minute you guys just decided it wasn't going to be allowed in the country so it wasn't ever allowed in the country yeah so it wouldn't be leaving the country why are you guys doing this and he said no we can't give it back to you the only way we can give it back to you is we have the proper paperwork to show that there's no thc i said but didn't you guys test it and had no thc they said yeah. yes but we need the proof in the paperwork. I'm like, whoa, this is like a procedure thing, yeah? So, you know, so I'm, I'm in the process right now of trying to get in touch with Blue Label and see if they can, you know, I mean, if I ordered 10,000 bottles and I was a huge client and I told them, you know what, to get it in, I need you to take pictures of the, of the production, explaining mm -hmm. what you're doing, how you do every piece of procedure, you have to take a picture and send them, explain to them what they're doing, what machine they're using, how they're extracting this, how they're extracting the CBD without getting THC in it. And I'm like, for five bottles, they're not going to freaking do that for me. No. So, you know, yeah. it's, you know, I have a friend that has is a close friend with the owners. So we're trying to see if uh, we can get that paperwork. And uh, I don't know. I'm, 90% I'm just saying that I, I, I'm out of grand. I lost the bottles. But more than that, my friends are not going to have their CBD. So, fuck, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about yeah. it. But that's the way it is. You know, that's how Japan is, man. Yeah, man. Strict loss of procedures, as you say. It's, uh, yeah, it does sucks, man. Yeah, it does. But yeah, so absolutely. I mean, anybody, anybody wanting to bring in CBD, don't bring CBD in. Anything that has CBD written on it, whether it's no, no THC, whether they sell CBD in Japan, doesn't matter. Anything that's CBD that comes in is going to have to mm -hmm. be held and tested, and then they're going to tell you you need the proper paperwork, which you probably can't get. You're not going to right. get it from a retailer. Yeah. So, lesson learned. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's weird, right? Because probably a lot of people that watch this podcast watch ryzen and i'm seeing like weed plus as the sponsor which is a cbd company right so they're probably scratching their head thinking some double standards <laughs> yeah. yeah it's but, crazy man right? you, know. you, you well think onto that, you know, more positive things you think that maybe because oh maybe america is sticking the thc they tested it had no thc in it so yeah i don't know you know i love japan but they have these little quirks oh. like that you know i mean it's one of those things that the country yeah. has these procedures that they will not break. They will not break their procedure. So as logical as it seems that this should be let in, if not, you should let me take yeah. it back. As logical as that seems, mm -hmm. it's it's not possible here. So kind of it's kind of shitty, but life's a bitch. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, is yeah, what yeah. it is. That's a so, good one, man. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I mean, one of the things I went to, you know, we gotta we gotta talk 
UFC 269, right? Because that's oh, been the yeah, last couple of weeks. No and, uh, so you watched it at home with Sarah, you guys? In fact, you had an earthquake halfway through it, right? <laughs> yeah, we had a huge earthquake. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, mental, right? So, uh, I mean, what what's the first thing when you say UFC 269? What was the first thing that pops into your head? If we uh, Juliana Pena, Juliana Pena, <laughs> what and how we uh, we said ah Juliana Pena? I don't think it's very likely, or we might have been a bit hey, more. You know, uh... I, I'm the type of guy that bets on underdogs, especially if they're huge underdogs like Juliana was yeah. seven yeah. plus seven fifty. Yeah, I would usually put a hundred or two hundred bucks on that, but yeah. She's fighting Amanda Nunes. There's no chance, right, James? <laughs> That's what we said. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though. Man, you know, yeah. We we called the Oliveira fight, right? So that was good. And uh, people didn't see it because the, the recording kind of cut out. But I said Kai Kara France was going to knock out Cody Garbrandt. That happened. So, you know, we, got, we, we, we did it. You know, we were doing okay, but... You know, you, I, I think... don't I don't count that a minus on us with Pena, man. Every I don't think there's a single person that watched the fight besides Juliana and her friends that thought she was gonna win. Apparently Chael Sonnen picked her, but I don't know. Ah, so, Chael. Chael will say yeah. anything to sell this podcast. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. So I do you know what? When that fight was happening, I was really, you know, I went to ask you, what what do you think happened with Nunes? Like, because do you think she didn't train as hard for the fight, or it just seemed really different. Well, for me, what I feel is um, that uh, when you have a happy life and you're comfortable with your life and happy with your everything that you have, the sometimes sometimes the desire isn't as great. So I'm thinking mm. that might be a little a part of it, but I think the biggest reason why is she was caught off guard, man. That when she hit, she you know she I I think she couldn't sit on her punches as well as she wanted to because Juliana's jab was throwing her timing off. Mm-hmm. But she did hit, as, as you can see, Juliana's eye was really swollen. She did hit her. And I think what she thought Juliana was going to react to from her hits and what she thought Juliana was going to be able to do to her was something that pretty much uh, caught her off guard. So what mm-hmm. she thought was going to happen didn't happen. What she expected from Juliana was a lot more than she thought. And then I think the biggest thing is she started getting tired. Hmm. So when it went to the ground, um, uh, the choke wasn't in. Yeah, that was everyone making a big thing of the tap and the choke because it was like... One, the choke wasn't in. One, it was too fast even if it wasn't. Yeah. Second thing is if you're fighting, if you have the desire to fight, your, your hands aren't going to be on the mat. Your hands are going to start grabbing. Mm-hmm. You're going to start, you're not going to stand the turtle position. You're going to sit to the side. You know, you're going to do anything to show that you're you're trying to get out. Um, I believe uh, that Amanda got broken. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's just an accumulation of, you know, that she didn't, she thought Juliana was going to get hurt more from her punches she didn't expect Juliana to be able to do what she did and hit yeah. her as much as she did. And then she didn't she didn't anticipate getting tired. And you know, they all say a fatigue can kill warriors, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. accumulation of all that together, man. I mean, when the choke was in, even if it wasn't completely in, 
She just knew. Yeah, that was a that was I think that was a very um very uh deli- attractive time to to you know end the fight you know tap out mm-hmm. man she she tapped out fast yeah, yeah it was such a strange performance it was one where it's really scratching my head you did look flat it. but you know yeah i i, I don't know if we're, i don't want to take away from juliana because maybe juliana was just that courageous you know because yeah, yeah. took it to amanda man yeah yeah she did she did and, and juliana's always got that strange stand-up i've noticed this since since she was like joined the ufc she always had that weird sort of i don't know like it doesn't you know, look you know, like you know what's weird about Gianna Stanham is her, her elbows go up when she punches. Yeah, she that's doesn't what I mean. throw it straight. She, she she throws it up like this. Yeah, yeah, but it just looks different. It's effective. It <laughs> she it just, yeah, you just beat one of the uh, all-time best women's MMA fighters, right? So hey, I won't knock it. Um, what did crazy. you think? What did, what did you think of the main event, Charles Oliveira? You know, taking all that punishment from Dustin, coming back, hell of a comeback, and yeah. just using so many weapons, right? For the elbows, knees to the body, just a masterclass, really. Yeah, that, that, that was the most prominent thing to me is Dustin was doing really well with only mm-hmm. a single attack with his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he did some calf kicks, but you know, those things has to take a longer time to accumulate. But mm-hmm. Olivera, elbow spinning kicked. Um, knees, flying knees. I mean, hands. He had, I mean, he had everything. He had a lot better arsenal. And I, you know, I think it almost, almost the same thing that happened to Nunes, man. I mean, Dustin hit him with some nice shots. Mm-hmm. And when, when I think when uh, Oliver kept coming, man, I mean, I, I noticed, uh, I actually tweeted it on Twitter that um, Dustin looks like he's uh, breathing hard at the end mm-hmm. of the first round. I thought yeah, he was yeah. breathing hard. I thought, oh, shit, he looks a little labored. And, you know, the guys criticize, you know, like Connor was criticizing Dustin, saying, you know, that, you know, you lost to him, you're no good, you know, that what was the hell was that closed guard shit and everything. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no, no, Dustin did good. Dustin almost put him out. Dustin almost yeah. left him out. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Dan, can, did you see the pace those guys had? That's it, right? This kind of pace was crazy yeah it's funny because you see a lot of championship fights right where the champion comes out and it's kind of a little bit standoffish you know they're sort of working out the timing and that Oliveira just comes straight out and just starts, <laughs> starts like as if it's like round five or something you know just coming into the knockout and it's it's different and it, it's, it's fucking awesome to watch right it's uh and you know you know the, the, the interesting thing is when when you're when you fight if you're not able to detect dictate the pace your stamina is not going to be up to par because you're training to your type of stamina. So the people who aggress and lose their stamina is when they get overexcited and they go over what they plan plan to do. But what's happening with in this situation is Oliveira, even when he was hurt, he was still coming forward. So Dustin, I think, really couldn't get his pace going. He had to fight at Oliveira's pace, which was an incredible pace that he was coming forward on. And I think that I, I think that that thing got tired, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, I think just Oliveira just looked outstanding, to be honest. I think um, just a great performance. And what's even better is the fact that I think it's going to be Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje, which 
title or not, that fight would have been amazing. Add in the lightweight title, brilliant fight. That's gonna be a great you know you know what who who you think who you, who would you pick on that fight? Ah oh, shit, I don't know now. This is real hard because both of them are super tough guys. Both of them can be like, you know, they're, they're both known for like the comebacks, right? So this is why I think this is. I mean, I'm already predicting that's gonna be fight of the year for 22. Like, um, but if I had to pick, I'd probably go. <laughs> Ah, do you know, this is a hard one. I think I'll go Gaethje. Yeah, but Oliveira may prove me wrong. And I may have changed that like 10 times in between. But I'll go Gaethje for now just because I do think the leg kicks, the, the, the striking is just unparalleled, right? So um, we'll see. We'll see. What, what I about say you? Gaethje too. I say oh, Gaethje okay. because I think Oliveira gets hit too much. Mm. And Gaethje will be hitting a lot harder. Yeah. And takedowns will be a lot harder to take down Gaethje. Mm -hmm. So I think Justin's uh, takedown defense, which is uh, incredible, is going to be able to nullify um, uh, the ground of Oliveira. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Oliveira gets hit so much, I think Gaethje hits a lot harder than Poirier. Poirier is more of a, a, a... a real sharp accumulation of punches. Mm-hmm. Gaethje has power. Yeah, he's got that one punch. Yeah, so I, 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 I think that um, Gaethje will be able to put him out with his power. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I like both fighters. They're both great guys. It's almost like the Poirier fight. Yeah, it's like they're both yeah, great guys, yeah. man. You kind of don't want any of them to lose. Even this next fight is the same thing, man. You don't want, yeah. you don't want Gaethje. You don't want Oliveira to lose, man. <laughs> so, but. I but think I the, fan reaction, the fan reaction to the uh, Oliveira versus Poirier fight was really funny, right? Because you've got a lot of these fans that sort of came in with, you know, came in with Connor, came in and saw Dustin beat Connor. And then so you got a lot of people that are like, yeah, Dustin, the guy that shut him up. And Dustin seems like a great guy or, or whatever. But there's He's a lot a of the fans guy, that yeah. totally like shout all over Oliveira, right? They completely disrespected like how good he actually is. And the guy's been in the UFC for 10 years and, you know, he's fought so many good people and, you know, it hasn't always gone his way, right? But that experience, yeah. that counts for something. And I know Poirier's been in it as well, right? But it just seemed like yeah. there were so many people sort of dis, you know, not like, he was an underdog, right? And he was the champion, which says it all. So Yeah, crazy, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see in the stands, Misha Tate screaming and happy that Pena won? Yeah, and then right yeah. next to her, Kayla Harrison's going, fuck, fuck. Like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was it? I oh, think, yeah. wasn't it Juliana Pena? She was on one of the seasons of Ultimate Fighter with Misha Tate. I think she was a coach, right? Yeah, yeah that, God, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, her like Misha Tate are close. Yeah, yeah. Those are the, the Ronda Rousey yep. days, right? So Yeah. Long, long time ago. <laughs> Um, but yeah, any other sort of performances that sort of stood out to you on the card? Tuivasa. Yeah. Kai yeah. Tuivasa, that freaking knockout was brutal. And Something um, else, what's the one they got fight of the night? Uh, oh, um, uh, Dominic Cruz. Oh yeah, that was a good fight. <clears throat> oh yeah. my god, Dominic is a warrior, man. You see, I, I was, <clears throat> the fight was at the verge of being stopped like three times. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a good. unreal fight. The pace was good incredible. Refing. Yeah, it was well, good refing. Really good refing. Cruz has had those issues right in the past where he felt like it's been stopped too early. And uh, so it was good to see that actually for once that didn't happen, you know, that they kind of let him go. <coughs> yeah. And, I, and it makes you wonder like, oh, would some of those losses might not have been losses, right? So They gave him more chance. Yeah, he gave him yeah, more chance, yeah. man. He came back strong, won the last and second and the third round. Shit. Yeah, no, Incredible. loads of good stuff on that card. Like Sean O'Malley looked good. Wonder what's next for him. Yeah, Sean O'Malley looked good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so really, really good card. Good way to <clears throat> end the year for big UFC cards. Obviously, big Ryzen card at the end of the year. That should be fun. Still no announcement. Yeah. No, no tension. Take a room. There's a bunch of announcements. Yeah, but not that one. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't look like it's gonna happen, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed. I want to see that fight. Yeah, me too. Right. Well, I mean, unless you've got anything else you want to add, I think that's what wraps up this episode. All good. All good, man. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching, and we'll speak again soon. <laughs>